welcome back. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever you're listening. Yeah, good morrow? Good morrow, top of the morning. <laughs> Happy all the introductions thing. All the introductions, all the goodbyes. Everything Happy New Year. I don't know when I'm listening to this. <laughs> it was really late. That one person that's listening, like, <gasps> this time next year. They just, knew! They knew! It's, it's about me. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And uh, welcome to History Unfiltered. Welcome back. Uh, this is a podcast where I teach Kelsey about history. Yep. And she's... I, I like to think I don't ask too stupid questions. I ask the questions that the common person who knows nothing asks. Exactly. Yeah. You're, you're a, a surrogate for the audience. Yeah. The questions that either you were too embarrassed to ask or physically couldn't because it's a podcast. It's true. It's true. So. And uh, today we're going to start off with something special because we're going to shout out one of you guys. Yes. We got... I don't want to say our first email, because of course we're swamped with emails. We actually have gotten uh, a few other emails, but... But this... we got one, and we want to share it with you. Yeah, and um, if you like the podcast, send us an email, we might shout you out on air. Yeah, you could get a call out. Yeah, so we're not going to say their last name, because we don't want to, like, embarrass them or anything. But, yeah. Uh, but, uh, Nicole sent us an email a few days ago, and, uh, Kelsey, would you like to read it out loud? So she says, I keep hearing about this amazing episode 3 on Caesar, but episode 3 is nowhere to be found on my list of available episodes. There's a 2, then a 4, but no 3 between them. Did I miss something? Maybe. Uh, looking forward to the Caesar's <laughs> Palace episode, but you're all super entertaining podcast. Thanks for doing what you do. Well, thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah, thank uh, you. But I have to say, uh, if you have to ask, you don't know. So, <laughs> go back, keep trying. Uh, yeah, it's it's a running thing that me and Kelsey talk about episode three. Our favorite episode. It the is best, our favorite. The best episode in history um, that we've ever recorded. And, and we'll probably, eventually, when someone does a history podcast, they might actually talk about this episode. They might. I mean, it's definitely there are academic pa- papers being written about yeah. it as we speak. Uh, but, yeah, if you, if you can't find it on there, um, maybe, like, try a different browser, or... I don't know what's happening there. It's... We'll phone our agents. Yeah, we'll phone our agents, see what's going on there. But we, we, you know... We appreciate your concern. We definitely recorded it. We did. Um, but three, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Episode 40. Yeah, we're on episode 40 now. We're almost, like, if we were a middle-aged woman, we'd be... Yeah. I don't know. We, we wouldn't be, be getting main lead parts in movies anymore, that's no. for sure. No, um, we'd be halfway through our lives. Yeah. I'm only going to live till 60, so I'm. <laughs> this would be well past halfway. Yeah. You, you're <laughs> going, through lucky. Your, going through your golden years. I'm already done. Um, and today's also a really sad day, and it kind of ties into what we're talking oh, about. no. Because this is our second ap- episode of Catherine de Medici. Yes. Who, as we're about to find out, is going to become Queen of France. And I don't Ooh. know if you saw in the news today, this will kind of date when this episode was recorded, but um, Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris has burnt down. Uh, it caught on fire while being renovated, oh. and the entire roof and spire have collapsed. And It's just gone then. Well... The stone structure is still standing from what I heard, but all the stained glass, oh. all the portraits, everything that was inside of it that was flammable is... How is the Quasimodo guy? Dead, I'm oh. assuming. Damn it. Uh, yeah, it, that was originally constructed in 1163. Uh, so it's over 850 years old. and um, Well, they tried to just rebuild it to the best of their ability to look the exact same. 
Maybe. Or are they just going to be scrap it, free real estate now, put up a kebab shop or something? <laughs> I don't know. I somehow doubt the French people will let that happen. Yeah. Um, as it, you know, is a, a symbol of their nation and stuff. Yeah. But um, it'll never be the same. It's never going to be the, the same church that it was. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad. I went there a few years ago when I was in Europe, and it's one of the most beautiful cathedrals I've ever walked around. It was really, really beautiful. So now you can say you've been somewhere that no longer exists. I guess. I guess and I have that, uh, I guess I that, have that distinct honor. Yeah, I was never there, and now never will be. Yeah, but it's, it's just a real travesty of history. Whoever's job that was to, like, oh my God. that messed up. Oh. Honestly, so it's like a construction site, because they're renovating it. It's just, like, one person was careless and stupid, and just, like, yeah. this piece of history when, is like, gone. When, like, lightning struck it, it was someone just... And there's, vi like, there's videos, I'm sure you can go online and see it if you haven't heard about it, I'm sure most people have, but of, like, people just watching it burn because it's so unmaneuverable, like, firefighters can't even go in and, and try and put it out. Yeah. Right? Like, because, like, it was built in 1163, it wasn't built for people to come in with giant hoses and, like... Yes. Maneuver. And maneuver around in it, and it's just, like, there's literally just videos of people screaming and watching it burn, and it's just, it's absolutely awful. It's so horrible. So, if you're listening to this, and you are responsible for burning this down, shame on you. Shame on you. Uh, this is just a lesson to everyone. Like, be really careful with, yeah. with everything you do. Oh, I mean... shit, burns fast. Obviously, you know, accidents happen. I'm sure there's going to be a thorough investigation into what happened, and why... Like, I mean, God, they're, they're definitely going to investigate this. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just really sad. And it, it kind of just makes the point of like, you know, if you were like, oh, you know, next year I'll go to Paris and see that. It's just like, don't, don't waste time. Like stuff happens and you like take things by the balls and just go. Sell your just house, sell it. your babies. Sell all of it. Go see things. Live your dreams. Cause they'll burn down quick. Yeah, they will. God, so morbid. Um, but anyway, with that same kind back, of... Back to hopefully a time when France was in a happier position. Notre Dame de Cathedral, like, Notre Dame Cathedral existed during this time. They did. I'm sure Catherine de Medici went there. They were going to get um, a new queen? Uh, yeah. So, we talked a little bit last episode about how Catherine, um had an arranged marriage to Henry, Duke of Orleans, yes. who was second in line to be king of France. He had an older brother. And they were actually very similar in age. He yeah. was not a year older? He was only three weeks older oh. than her. So they were very, very... No, that, I don't think that's even a year. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> My calculations are correct. Your calculations... You're so smart, Kelsey. Thank you. Um, and the Pope was really into this, because obviously connection with France... The Medici technically aren't royalty, so this is, like, a huge step up for them. Yep. So it's it's all really exciting. But before we get into that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the bridegroom, the, the groom-to-be, and kind of what his upbringing was like prior to uh, having this arranged marriage. What age would they have gotten married at? Uh, like, early teens. So, so 14, 15, okay. around there. Give them lots of time to breed. Was Jesus. Like, yeah, it's awful. All right. 
So his upbringing. So we're going to talk a little bit about his upbringing. So Henry's father, Francis. Oh, yeah, he had a gloomy past. Yeah, he was a, he was sulky. He was a sulky, gloomy boy. Oh, to yeah, to Evanescence and his... Oh, yeah. He had those bangs that came down in front of one eye. Yeah. He would just hair flip him back. You don't understand me, Dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tell me more. So we're going to talk a little bit about why he was so gloomy. So Henry's father, Francis, um, was king of France uh, at the time of Henry being born. So very exciting. Okay. So little Henry's born. He has an older brother. Uh, they're living life, living the dream in uh, Paris. Mm-hmm. Happy childhood. Up until the point of, in 1525, um, Henry's father is captured by the Holy Roman Emperor at the time, oh. uh, Charles. So. That's familiar. Remember, he was the one who went into uh, Rome yep. and, like, sacked it. And yep. so our... Lovely Catherine had to be carted off to a bunch of uh, monasteries yep. and uh, nunneries in order to protect her. So they have her. a common enemy. They do have a common enemy. Okay. So Francis is captured, um, and this is kind of because he has this obsession with, like, wanting to be involved with Italy. Like, Francis is really into that. Um, so at the Battle of Pavia in Italy, uh, he is captured because he's not super strategic military man at this point. Um, and he is a very great person to take hostage because he's a king. So, What's he doing on the front lines in Italy? Well, most kings would go on campaigns with their armies. I mean, that seems like the best thing to rile them up. Look, your king's even going with yeah. you rather than sat protected at home sending you away to fight. And that's the kind of thing that would inspire troops. Like, your yeah. king is here fighting by your side. You die. He dies. He actually doesn't, but like, yeah, they'll the take spirit him. Of him will the die. spirit of him will die. So he's fighting on the front lines here. He gets captured. Um, so now they have to negotiate for his release. Yeah, which I assume is going to be a pretty high price. Oh hell yeah! When it's a king and stuff like that, it's going to be lame. Not just be like. I mean, he has an heir already at home. We can just kind of forget about him. Well, he's also an anointed king, and at this time, they're like, the king is essentially like a god, so... We can't go against God. We can't go against God and let him die. That would be bad. I mean, some countries did that, and it pissed a lot of people off, but, I mean, in this point... (laughs) They just stopped answering the phone. And also, at this point, his sons sons are very young, so there's Mm. the possibility that they could still die. Yeah. um, Because, you know, a lot of children didn't live to adulthood. Yeah, uh, even if they made it past like, I feel like five or six. Once you made it to like your teens, I mean, you're you're you got a good clean shot unless you were sickly to start with. Yeah, uh, it kind of it kind of depends. A lot of future kings were taken out by like pox or mm. or plague things or, that you should go get vaccinated for. Yeah, or tuberculosis, like right at that like sixteen, seventeen age bracket. But okay. if you made it to eighteen, you were pretty safe. Yeah, at that point. But yeah, so um, he's captured, they're negotiating for his release, and basically the agreement that they come up with is that um, Francis's previous wife um, had uh, died not long after giving birth to little Henry. Mm, So the deal was... Marry someone. Charles's sister will be married to Francis, so she becomes Queen of France. And then uh, they'll give up big chunks of land on the border between France and Spain because Charles is also king of Spain. They're like, oh, I'm getting married. Oh, to whom? Well, my brother captured this man and is forcing him to marry me. Oh, I know. How romantic. You'll be queen of France. 
congrats, oh. darling girl. Aren't you happy? Um, so they agree Your to this. Your brother has to set you up with someone. I know. It's not sad. I can't imagine. It's like maybe just because I have a younger brother, so it just would seem. Yeah, if your brother part. was like, "I found you a husband." <laughs> um. So, in order to make sure that Francis keeps his side of the bargain, yeah, um, and gives up the land and everything, he needs a little bit of collateral just to make sure that everything goes as planned. So it's agreed upon that Francis's two sons, uh, Francois and Henry, will be held as hostages. Until uh, Francis does his side of the bargain. So wait, so they have Francis, and they're like, you're going to marry my sister, give me this land, and I will let you go do those things. Go marry my sister, go marry the, get this, marry the land. Yeah. Go give me this land, if in exchange you bring your sons to me, and I hold on to them. Until you've done that, and then I will release them. And then Francis is like, okay. Yeah, this was actually- Take my children. This was actually a really common practice at the time. Of, like, your kids as collateral to make sure that you would do something. I mean, you can always have more. Yeah. And that's kind of the the attitude of a lot of people at the time. <sighs> I know. It's awful. So, Henry is only six years old yeah. when this is happening. His older brother, Francois, is eight. Um, and so, basically, how this goes is that they go um, into, like, this river valley and, like, Francis is on one side with all the Spanish people, and then Francois and Henry are on the other side. They with do, all... like, the little shuffle where they shuffle towards each other and quickly exchange off and grab what they need and back off. Well, no, so they, like, have rafts. Okay. So they're basically just gonna, like, move the rafts oh. to the other side of the river at the same time. And as Henry gets on his raft, he's really scared and nervous, and so one of the young ladies of the court kisses him on the forehead to, like, comfort him and, like... Yeah send him across the river. It's the least I can do. You're across the river going to a strange man. Let me kiss you gently on the forehead. Exactly. So Francis Not gets... Not save you. Yeah. <laughs> he goes back to his country. Henry and Francois are sent to live with their future stepmother uh, in her palace. Oh. Um, but Francis... You're not my real mom! You're not my real mom! Uh, the problem is that Francis has no intention of fulfilling any of the terms of the treaty. Oh, he's just like, I don't care about kiss. And he's like, eh, my sons will never come back, but that's fine, I guess. He now has this other woman raising his kids. Yeah. And the house to himself. Yeah. He's probably just living the dream. Yeah, he's he's a happy guy. Um, so they're moved into their future stepmother, but as it becomes clear as the months go on that Francis has no intention of She's fulfilling... She's like, no, I'm stuck with these kids. Um, they get moved deeper and deeper into Spain. So, right, they were housed originally pretty close to the border. Now yeah. they're getting moved deeper in, so it would be harder for... You are becoming the Spaniards. Yeah, exactly. Um, harder for someone to... Francis to get a troop to come take them back. Exactly. Okay. So, four years into their captivity, a French spy is caught near where their residence was. So, Charles decides to move the boys into a prison cell. Just to oh. make sure that everything they're is... They're only, like, what, 8 and 12? Yeah. Oh. They're 8 and 12, and they're moved into a prison cell. Now, up until this point, they were treated pretty well. Yeah. They had tutors, they were able to have, like, friends... They had, like, all this stuff, but once the spy is discovered, they're moved into a prison cell, and they do not leave. Um, I feel like, especially when you take them at a somewhat young age, I would, you'd probably just raise them as your own and be like, they're gonna just fight for me. Yeah, but the idea is, like, you have the heir to the French mm, throne, yeah. right? 
even if you do corrupt them, it's like, you can't really do much. They still go off on their own. Exactly. So in this prison cell, they're given no education, no companions. They're not even allowed out to exercise. They're given the wrong information for things. Yeah, exactly. They're taught wrong, fa- wrong facts. They don't, they're retaught how to improperly spell. Exactly. Um, so it, it takes a while, but eventually for a very hefty ransom. So for a lot of money. The boys are eventually released five years in after five years in a captivity. Five years altogether in Spain or five years in the prison cell? Five years altogether okay. in Spain. So only a year in the prison cell. A year is still but a long time. When you're when you're a little boy and you like a year in prison sounds awful. So when a little kid comes out, he's like, Yeah, I've done time. <laughs> Some tats. Have you ever Get seen John shit. Mulaney? Where it's like, just saying with the comments of like, come get me, I'll serve my nickel. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, they're, they're finally exchanged. And understandably, the two children that emerge uh, from this prison cell are not the same children that no. arrived. Uh, they're very gloomy and upset understandably this world sucks since their father abandoned them um but (laughs) francis is like pissed at them because he's like why are my kids so gloomy like (sighs) come on guys this is supposed to be a fun time you're bringing me down yeah and he's (laughs) just like come on let's be happy and his his statement was actually that it's a Frenchman's job to be gay and marry. So he's pissed that his children that he put in captivity for five years aren't happy enough for his tastes. He's like, you know what? Maybe I'll just send you back. Yeah, maybe I'll go back to Spain. You're not going to be happy. Yeah, exactly. Goddamn. So the, not long after that is when Francis proposes the marriage between um, Catherine and no, Henry. We'll cheer my boy up. Um, a piece of ass. Yeah, and he's like, go. let's marry off the two child prisoners yes. to each other. <laughs> they have a lot in common. They have so much in common. She spent years in captivity. He spent years in captivity. They put him in a prison cell and, like, didn't let him have any company. They were going to hang her from the walls and kill her. She looks a bit rough. She shaved her head. Yeah. <laughs> perfect couple. Hashtag couple goals. <laughs> he sat there wringing animals' necks. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's the perfect marriage. So this is a triumphant marriage, and this is really, really exciting for Pope Clement and, of course, for Catherine as well. Yeah. They order a hundred pounds of gold, a hundred oh. pounds of silver, a hundred pounds of silk, just to make Catherine new outfits for her wedding and her Damn. eventual position in the French court. They also get pearls and jewels to emboss the, like, bodices with. So, like, pearls, emeralds, rubies, to just, like, put on all these gowns. 12-year-old gown. Yeah. Exactly. So they're, they're, like... We spared no expense. They're, like, oh, they're gonna do amazing. And also, a gift from the Pope is he gives her a very expensive pearl necklace. Not the, like, a beautiful pearl necklace. And remember this, because it's gonna come up later. The priceless pearls. Yes, the priceless pearls. So, um, they aren't married right away. Uh, They aren't married until they're 14, actually. Okay. Just to make sure that everyone is older. Okay. Um, But they're married on October 28th of 1533 in Marseille, France. And this is a huge celebration. So they have festivals for days. 
Um, the Pope's there to marry them, which is, like, yeah. a huge deal. And everything is, like, super exciting and, like, jubilant. And everyone's very ecstatic that these two young people are, are going to be married. So they also really want to make sure that these two kids bone. That's really on the top of their priority mm. list. Um, so as a result, the Pope and King Francis really, really, really decide to cross some boundaries. And they go into a room and they're like, we're going to show you how it's done. <laughs> and then you're going to do the same thing. They actually sit in the room and watch That's... while they do it. No. Yeah. This makes me sad. I know. It's really awful. You're supposed to just learn that stuff on the street on your own. Yeah, so... Not far from the Pope. They they stay, Watching you. They stay in the room and watch, and after... Giving pointers? I don't know. Ah. But afterwards, Francis apparently left the room and commented, Each has shown valor in the joust. Oh, that's my boy. <laughs> that's my gloomy boy. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it, it's... Pretty bad. The Pope comes, like... Is, this, is the Pope allowed to... Is he not... I assume he's not supposed to know about sex. Yeah, he knows about sex. Lots of Popes had kids. <sighs> Lots of Popes had kids. I just... I don't know why I assume. No. Huh. Pope, popes know about sex. Yeah? Yeah. They have a bunch of little mini Popes. Yeah. A bunch of little Popes. Hmm. Yeah. That whole celibacy thing. Yeah. If you, if you want. Give or take. Give or take. It's more of a... Just a suggestion. Yeah. So, um, they're married at 14... They consummate the marriage, everyone's happy, except for within the first year, Catherine's not pregnant. Ah. So people are like, oh, what's going on? We don't like this. Why isn't this 15-year-old girl pregnant? So it. within the first year of their marriage, Pope Clement dies. Oh, no, um, Mr. Pope. And this is before he has paid Catherine's full dowry. Oh, so they're like, Pope, Italy owes us money? The Pope owes us money. The is, Pope. So basically... When a dowry isn't paid in full, like, the dowry gets to be held by, like, the husband or the father of the husband. Yeah. Until if the husband dies, then the girl gets it back. So this is money that they're expecting for her, and they haven't gotten it. So the king starts complaining that the girl has come to me stark naked, is basically the quote. Is like, she's come to me with nothing. She hasn't even gotten pregnant yet. Like, what's the point of her? Which is... Really shitty. He's like, my kids are too gloomy. Now I marry my gloomy kid with this other gloomy kid, and now the Pope dies and doesn't give me money for this. Yeah. And things start getting worse because second year she doesn't get pregnant. Third year she doesn't get pregnant. Fourth year she doesn't get pregnant. She's not getting pregnant. And people are starting to get very, very worried about... There's whispers. There's whispers. And the pressure gets amped up even more... When Henry's older brother Francois dies. Oh no! And so now Henry is, is the heir. Is the heir to the throne, and it's on her to produce the heirs. Do you want to know how Francois died? Um, was is it kind of funny? Yes, it's very funny. It's the weirdest way I've ever heard of is someone it dying. Like from an instrument or tool, or is it a health thing? Uh, it was in the course of an activity that he died. Is it something um, personal? A personal activity? No, it's not a personal activity. I don't know how. Give me a hint. Uh, it's a sport. The uh, drown in a bathtub. No. No. Uh, playing polo. Close. 
fall off a horse. Apparently he died after a particularly exhausting tennis match. He just, he just wins, and he's like, and I'm out, fools, and he falls down. Yeah. Like, I love that quote, after an exhausting tennis match. I think that's a hilarious way to die. I assume, like... He was in his early 20s. Why is I he guess dying not cardiac from a tennis arrest. match? Um, maybe he had, like, a prolonged health thing that they just didn't know about? Like, I have no idea. The tennis balls, did they use rocks? I have no... He got hit in the head? I have no idea, but he is now dead, and Is tennis code for something else? No. Okay, then I don't know. So now it's it's a very difficult situation. And they know for a fact that Henry isn't the problem because he has taken many mistresses and has conceived bastard children. So they As know... As like a teenager? Yes, and into his 20s. So um, he, they, they're like, oh, he's been sleeping around, has all these children, but the main person that he's supposed to have a baby with... Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So they know the problem is Catherine. So many start advising him and Francis that they should cast Catherine aside uh, in order to find a, a fertile girl. But mm. the problem is that, well, not the problem, but the good thing for our girl Catherine is that Francis really, really likes his daughter-in-law. Yeah. She's smart, she's sporting, and she laughs at all his jokes. Ah, uh, can they be like, this child is yours now? Let's pretend that you had this child. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. They're very serious about heirs to the throne in France. In France, no girl can inherit the throne. That's, like, in their law. They have never had a queen. And so it's... But can they, like, don't tell anyone and be like, let's pretend that this was your both your child's... But the problem is most of his bastards are daughters. The ones oh. that he recognized. Well, that's his fault. Yeah, kind of. That's... Yeah. They didn't know that at the time. But yeah. So, they... Poor Catherine tries all these medicines and remedies in order to try and... Conceive. Conceive a child. She, like... One of the recipes was, like, something about, like, putting cow dung in a place you don't want to put cow dung. No. No. <laughs> the other place. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she tries, like, Chinese remedies. Um, with all these weird remedies, I imagine someone being like, oh, a good cure for, like, not being able to conceive is you come and wash all my dishes. I'm like, oh, that didn't work. Clean the, clean the floors. <laughs> and they just get free labor. The really sad thing is she actually decides to eventually, she creates a hole in the floor uh, of her bedroom so that she can watch her husband and his mistress have sex to see what she's doing wrong. Oh, no! Yeah. Isn't that awful? That is... Oh, girl. And apparently, it was really hard for her to watch because she would cry through it and she couldn't see through her tears. Oh. I know. <laughs> so she awful. really wants this child. She really wants to have well, a baby. She knows that she'll be cast aside. If yeah, she exactly. Oh, that's sad. So it's really, really sad. Girl. Um, and it within the first ten years of their marriage, she, she doesn't conceive a single child. Ten like, years. Doesn't even have a miscarriage or anything. She just can't get pregnant. Yeah. So, um... It, it, it's really awful. So eventually, they find a competent doctor whose name is Jean Fernell. Um, and he... Uh, he's, he's just been doing it in the butt the whole time. <laughs> oh, that was our problem. God damn it. Um, they agree to go, undergo a medical examination. Yeah. And what Fernell notes, we don't know ex exactly what it is because they didn't write it down because it's king, future king and queen, but yeah. apparently there were slight abnormalities that made their sexual organs incompatible. 
Oh. Um, so my thought is like maybe his penis was crooked or maybe like she had, um, there's types of diseases where you like stuff can't happen down there and stuff. So she undergoes a very minor surgery and whatever this guy did, it works because she conceives within the month. Oh shit. Yeah. So. I bet it's that anal thing. (laughs) There's like, you see though, there's two holes here. Yeah. Oh, oh crazy. yeah. We've been doing it wrong this whole time. So she very quickly conceives, and the first child, shot, a eh. boy. First child she gives birth to is boy. Ah, yay! Ah, girl. So they're super, super happy, and six more follow in quick oh. succession. Yeah. Careful what you wish for. I know. That sounds terrifying. I know. Um, you like doctor, put it back. So their next six are Charles, Henry, Elizabeth, Francis, Claude, and Margaret, and so basically the Valois line, the line of kings, is assured with yeah. all these children. So everyone's really, really happy about this. Everything's yeah. good. However, all these kids don't improve her marriage to Henry because at age 15, Henry took his premier mistress. So basically there was an official position in the French court called mistress, like, to the king. Yeah. And it was official an official position that you got put in. Yeah. And you had sex with the king. And you got to put on fancy outfits. You got to go to parties. You got to do all this stuff. So yeah. remember that court leaving to live in captivity? That I assumed would have been way older than him. Yeah. Her name is Diane de Poitiers. And when Henry is 15, she is 38. Hmm. And Henry makes her his official mistress. A year into his marriage with Catherine. He's like, remember that one time when I was going through all these horrible things and the one person kissed me? Yeah. Good times. I know she's double my age. Let me find her. And... And make her come sleep with me. They remain together for the rest of Henry's life. Jeez. Him and this mistress. Jeez. I know. It's awful. Maybe she was lovely. I don't know. However, well, she wasn't because she didn't have a lot of respect for Catherine's position. So you're dating a 15 year old. I know. And you're almost 40. I know. So you don't have respect for another 14 year old. Henry, Ugh. as more children came, respected yeah. his wife more and more. And if he went off on a war campaign or or if something happened, he would leave his wife in charge of his affairs and, and stuff like that. He wouldn't leave the mistress in charge of his affairs. So, but like when foreign dignitaries and stuff came, he had his mistress with him, not Catherine. So it it was a it was a difficult situation because the mistress did hold such a high position of power in the French court. So in March thirty first of fifteen forty seven, King Francis dies, um, and this is the day that Catherine officially becomes the Queen of France. Ooh. So she has pretty limited political power as the queen. Yeah. Um. She's there when guests arrive. And that sort of stuff. But her position in the court is very tenuous because when, you know, Henry had parties or anything, apparently he would sit in Diane's lap, play gu- play the guitar to her, and then fondle his her breasts in public. Even though his she wife. was like 20 years older. Yeah. And his wife is right there with six kids. Yeah. Scumbag. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Diane... But he had a gloomy past. Yeah, he was so gloomy. <laughs> He just, he just played something really gloomy on his guitar, and he's just like, I need uh, to feel these to make me feel better. I feel nothing. Uh. <laughs> um, and Diane didn't see Catherine as a threat at all. 
So much so that she encouraged Henry to go have more children with her. And was like, go have sex with your wife. She needs to be pregnant again. Um, and yeah. So Weird. Catherine would rule as regent if Henry was away on campaign. So be- essentially run the country while he was gone. Yeah. But that's about the extent of her power that she held. Okay. And she cared really deeply for her children. Um, unfortunately, all of them were born pretty sickly. So Aww. they lived into their teens and everything, and eventually into adulthood, but they were all born sickly, and they were all sickly for the majority of their life. She had nine in total, but only six survived past infancy. Okay. Um, and it was really difficult for her because actually the last time she became pregnant, she was pregnant with twin girls. Yeah. And she went into labor, and she was in labor for over two days. Eventually the doctors had to go in and break the like neck of one of the babies to get let it out, out to let the other one out and then the other one ended up dying too um, and like that was her last pregnancy that's, well understandably so that sounds very traumatic yeah like absolutely awful oh how can you doctor i just reach in and break the oh wall. god it's awful it's absolutely awful god damn um and once Henry became king, he was very quick about starting to form alliances with other countries yep. um, because he wanted to make sure that they were in the most powerful position possible. And the first one he arranged was for his eldest son, Francis, to someone who we're familiar with, Mary, Queen of Scots. Uh, yes. So, um, as we know, eventually Mary becomes, uh, does marry Francis and becomes yep. the daughter-in-law to Catherine de' Medici. Yes, and that's why he's sickly and he dies. Yes. And then, as I understand it, the father dies pretty soon after? Yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Damn. So Mary was brought to the French court when she was really young. She was yep. raised at the French court, and Catherine de' Medici was kind of like a surrogate mother for her while she was there and helped yeah. raise her. So but... much so that when Mary got married, Catherine gave her those pearls oh. that we talked about earlier. Family heirloom. Family so heirloom. I never really had parents or a mother. I understand what it's like being somewhere that you're not trying to be married off. Yep. Here are my pearls. Interesting thing, too, when Mary, Queen of Scots was eventually executed, if you want to hear more about that, you can go listen to our Last Queen of Scotland. There's three-parter on that. Those pearls eventually went to Elizabeth I of England. Oh. Yeah. And then eventually got thrown off the Titanic. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So he starts arranging all of these things. Um, by April of 1559, Catherine's pretty steady in her position at court. She's 40 now. Yeah. Um, and... So the mistress is, what, 60? Late 60. 68? 68. Something like that. No, she's, she's really old. She's, like, Ugh. 62 or something. I know. Um, so they've kind of gotten into this groove of things. Their eldest son has been married. And then Henry, um, forms another alliance. So he signs the Treaty of Cato Capris. This ends a long period of war between France, England, and the Holy Roman Empire. So they all mm-hmm. agree to this peace. And the treaty is sealed with the marriage of um, Catherine's 13-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, to Philip II of Spain, who's 32 years old. And how old is? 13. Um... And he's also a Habsburg. Oh, uh, that doesn't seem right. I know. God, we gotta, at least they're branching out. They're not marrying within each other at this point. I know. That's a good step for the Hasbergs. I know. It is a good step for the Hasbergs. They're finally getting some branches in that family tree. Exactly. So they decide that they're going to celebrate these grand marriages with festivals and jousts. And 40-year-old Henry decides he's going to joust oh, no. and participate in the sporting. 
And Catherine goes to him before the but festival. You've never jousted before. And she says, "You're gonna die." I'm really worried about you, and we're going to talk about this in our next episode about how spiritual Catherine was. She's like, I talked to my soothsayers, I talked to oh. my like tarot card readers, I've been having all these nightmares. I looked at my gems. Henry, please don't joust. I think something horrible is going to happen. Yeah. And Henry's like, huh, huh, I'm a man, I'm a king. I'm a man, I'm a king, going to do what I want, lady. Yeah. Ha. So he... um goes out, he's sporting Diana's colors of black and white, which just an extra slap in the face to his yeah. wife. Um, Diana being 64 uh, by now. Um, and so... Like, you go, Henry! Ah, I'm gonna see you in bed later! Wait, I can't see you jousting, is that you? <laughs> um, so, Henry has many successful runs jousting. Yeah. He's very successful. I feel like you gotta take it easy when you joust the king. Uh, yeah. You gotta purposely fall. And then he comes up against Gabrielle Comte de Montgomery, who's a sporting young lad. And they go to face one another. And he's knocked off his saddle by having Gabrielle's lance driven through his eye and brain. Yeah, that'll that'll kill you. And I remember Or in, seriously injure. I remember in another episode you're like, what happened to the guy? And I didn't know the answer. I looked up this time what happened to this dude. Did he get killed? No, but he ran the fuck away. As you should. That wasn't my name! I lied when I signed up! He, like, he fled the capital and, like, moved to another northern part of France, and then he converted to Protestantism just and to get as far away as possible. And never touched a lance again. Yeah, exactly. So, Henry's hit in the eye and brain. It takes him ten days to die. And you can imagine how agonizing those days were. Yeah, you got and, splinters all in your brain. And it was a slow death. Catherine was by his side the entire time. Does he at no point say, just kill me, just end it? No. He was slowly losing his sight, then his speech, and then his reason. And eventually he died on July 10th of 1559 at the age of 40. Damn. Yeah. So just like an absolute awful way to go. Just absolutely awful. It was supposed to be in the spirit of a wedding. I know. This isn't a very good... It's just like, oh... How was your wedding day? Well, my father died. Yeah. Uh, really gruesomely. Um, but, you know, I'm married to a 32-year-old now, so life's yeah. looking up. Um, so he now passes the throne to his 15-year-old son, Francis, and his wife, Mary, Queen of Scots. Yes. And Francis is a very sickly boy, but Catherine is determined to do everything in her power to protect her son's birthright. And yeah. so, in our next episode, we're going to talk about what happens with the first reign and as we know if you've listened to the previous podcast francis does die pretty young does not last long so what happens and basically after this point how catherine essentially becomes queen of france in her own right yep with full control and power it's her time it's her time hashtag lady power yep so yeah good stuff um if you (laughs) if you want to see pictures from the podcast um, I always post something new on our Instagram, which yep. is History Unfiltered Podcast. Um, I'll post some pictures of Gloomy Henry, Ooh, yeah, older Catherine, maybe their children. Maybe I'd like to see the sixty-four-year-old Diana Poitier. Yes. Yeah, we can we can look into uh, to putting a picture of her if I can find it. Yep. Um, and then if you want to shout out on the podcast, yes.
So, Kelsey, if people want to email us, where can they find us? Podcast at gmail.com. Awesome. And then you can get a shout out. Is that? You can get a shout out on the pod. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess that's all from us. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. You may be wrong, but you may